gonna do it this time. I get, I used to do it. I'm special because there's okay. one of me and two of you, and I'm beautiful today. And I'm beautiful because I lost a bet. And I want to get this out there right away before I introduce the other co-hosts. Those listening recognize me immediately. He's that idiot. But I'm that idiot with a shaved face right now. And as Jason predicted, as I got, as I sent him the picture of my shaved face, that my sex life would improve. And so it did that same day. So, hey, uh, Jason, I would like to... I appreciate you, and on that note, welcome, Jason. I'm glad to be here. My marital advice will continue throughout the podcast. I am looking forward to saving marriages all across this great country. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're here for. Who else are we joined here tonight? Who else is joining us here tonight, which is what I meant to say. (laughs) You know, it's been a while since we've had a third wheel, but we thought we'd bring back America's favorite guest host of the Dad's Off Duty podcast. JV, you're here today. Oh, me? Oh, and you said it's been a while since you've had a third party. I thought I was your guys' first threesome. I was all excited that I was the first threesome, but I guess not. Last week, I had two women. What can I say? Ah, that's true. (laughs) Well, only only on our Patreon account can you see said threesome. Pay extra. That's, that's over the paywall. Well, I'm also happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me again. Seth, nice to uh, meet you, sort of, and see your face for the first time. I've heard your voice many times, and yeah. the first time that I've been on with both of you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you. And you guys are bringing an interesting topic to the uh, podcast tonight, but before we do that, there was there were some problems when I uh, uh, went to the like an orchestra recently, and I vowed I would never let my children watch the orchestra. There's just too much sax. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I don't know if you always remember this or not, but if you ever asked my dad growing up at a certain point what his favorite kind of movies were, he would always say, "Oh." I love musicals. Lots of sax and violence. Violins? Violence? Or what? I don't know how you pronounce it. But that, that, joke, that joke reminded me. As soon as you started to talk, it, it made me smile because it reminded me of that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> now that we got our beautiful dad jokes out of the way, what are you bringing to the table tonight? Or should I say, what aren't you bringing to the table tonight? Well, I'm bringing a bearded chin this week, and I will continue to because I won said bet. But we are not bringing to the table, JV and I, our balls. And what do I mean by that, JV? I believe what you mean is is our wives have our balls on a man. Oh, no, that's not what you're talking about? No, no, no. no. Oh, oh, I think Jason means that both Jason and I in the past have gotten neutered. We are shooting blanks permanently. Hopefully. And we would like to talk to all of you, Seth included, about the whole process, what led up to it, the surgery, and what happened post-surgery. So, Mom, if you're listening, I know you are. I'm going to be talking about my balls a lot today, so maybe you want to skip this episode. (laughs) He's seeing your balls a lot, so... I don't know if that makes you feel any better about this topic, but hey. You made it weird. 
made it weird. That was my goal. I succeeded. I, <laughs> I'm glad I could I could help you with that. So, uh, okay, so diving into this, um, JV, I don't know about you, but my wife and I always said we were only going to have two kids. And that was our goal. If we could have, you know, when we had one, it was a gift and we loved it. And hey, let's try for two. If we can get two, then we are golden. And after two, we were like, hey, we're done, man. Now, JV, I think your story is a little bit different. I I don't know if uh, you were begrudgingly uh, talked into getting the surgery or I was all for it. In fact, the second my wife got pregnant with our, our son, um, I told her whenever you want me to go get snipped, I will go. And I just put it out there right away that, and I always said, I'm good either way. If you want me to, the day you say to go get it, I'll go get it. And if you keep telling me not to, and we're having another kid, then I'm all for it. Whatever you want to do. I'm okay with it, but I'm also very okay with getting snipped. And it took her a while. Um, I did it in what, 20, the years are kind of running together now. So I did it in 2019 and my son was born in 2013. So he was seven years old, six, no. Oh, hard. Math yeah. is hard. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. So you said immediately, basically when you found out that she was pregnant, you were like, I'm ready for this. Like, what was the, what was the mindset there? What was leading up? Like, you're like, Hey, you know what? You're pregnant now. I am, I'm ready to, to not do this anymore. <laughs> or, well, I think it's just, I was ready to, you know, I was good. Well, more so after we knew we were, you know, I know it sounds bad, but we had our, we had two girls and we were having a boy. We had all our bases covered. I was letting her know that after we had all the kids, I, I was cool putting the kibosh on it permanently and not having any more. She was a little, obviously with the, the seven years or six years uh, difference, he was a little, she was a little more reluctant. She was like, I think I'm done having kids, but I don't know. So let's wait and let's wait. And I always said, you know, you let me know. And it seemed to be like every once in a while when the kids were super assholes or super pain in the asses, she, I'd be like, hey, just so you know. I'm ready. And okay, let's, let's hold off. And then she would not say anything for a while. And then finally she was just like, all right, you can go make your appointment. And that's, and literally that's all it was. It was like one day. And I don't remember the conversation we were having. She was just like, you can go make the appointment now. I do know that sometimes when people make that decision before they do that, they might like get some of their, um, so, some of their sperm like put on ice was that ever like a thought process like maybe get some and then like hold off and that way if you ever want to in the future you can just bloop, you know pop it in nuke it yeah <laughs> uh actually a lot put of the, people put a bonds in the oven <laughs> <laughs> actually a lot of people when i said i was doing asked me if i had done that and we didn't i don't know if you did jason but we didn't nope like i said we were good with two and we got our second so that's it, man. We only have three bedrooms. I mean, now, now, Jason, you said that leading up to it, that you knew that once you had two kids, regardless, boy, girl, whatever, that you were going to do it. What was what's your reasoning behind that? Why did you guys decide that two was where you wanted to cut it off? I don't know. I mean, I guess growing up, I mean, I have one brother, so I grew up in a family of four. My wife, same thing. I. 
that was just the dynamic, the family dynamic we grew up in and we liked. And just, you know, ever since I was little uh, and I wanted to be a dad, I was always like, yeah, two, two kids is good. I don't think I want three. Then they outnumber me. I, I'd rather play man to man than zone. You don't want to be outnumbered. It's very easy right now. Like you got this kid, I got this kid. Or, you know, there's times where like I'll put one kid to bed and my wife will put the other kid to bed. It's, it's easy to divide and conquer. If there's a third one, it, whew, it sounds, sounds more difficult. You know, one, zero, zero to one was a big step. One to two was like no different whatsoever. And I've always heard that going up to that third one. Now I have three kids, but my oldest was, oh crap. 10, Math. 10, when, <laughs> 10, when my, uh, second da- my daughter was born. So it, it, three kids, but it, she was older. So it was you know, on her own. So, but you know, that, and you also had a built in babysitter. I'm not going to say we didn't take advantage of that from time to time, <laughs> but no, she was a great, uh, she was a big help, but still I never wanted, we, we always said, and I was fine with two and it was weird. Cause I always said, eh. If, if, if we have another one, we have another one. I'm fine with it, but I'm good with the, the, the three, the two that lived, you know, that we had. Oh, that's really interesting to me is that you guys were both pretty much have this idea that like, once you were there, you were there, it, it's going to be done. Um, for me, I don't know why, but it's a little bit harder. Like I don't know when I'll be able to commit to not having more kids. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm sure at a certain point now I grew up with five siblings and maybe that's kind of leading into it. I had, you know, uh, five brothers and sisters, a uh, twin sister, so on and so forth. It was a, a blended family. I had three older half siblings and then I have my twin sister and younger brother, which are full siblings. Um, I don't think of my brothers and sisters that way, Keep going. Okay. So, so JV moving ahead to the first appointment, I don't know what your first appointment was like, but mine was pretty unique. It was interesting. I remember going to the doctor's office and I guess I have to think back, but I think they're called urologists, right? I think that's yes, the sir. doctor. Yes. Okay. Thank you. You've had it done more recently than me. So, um, going to see the urologist the very first time we sat in this room and he's asking me all these questions, you know, kind of figuring out like, what's my family history and, uh, what's my thought process and why do I want to do it, etc. And at the end of the appointment, he, um, you know, we kind of made a plan and said, okay, this is, this is what we're thinking. He starts asking me these questions like, so what are your kids' names? Okay. It's kind of random, but okay. I, I gave him my kids' names and hey, by the way, how old are you? Uh, you know, 30, whatever I was, 35. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hey, what's your favorite pizza toppings? Like if you could have any kind of pizza topping, you know, in the world, what would you pick? And he's asked me all these sorts of questions like this, and I'm like, what is going on? Thinking back now, I think what he was trying to do is just making sure I was in the right frame of mind. Hey, you weren't doped up, drugged? Exactly, or just like getting nervous at yeah. weird questions, and maybe I was, wasn't was there under my own free will type thing. But it, it was just really weird and unique, and I was like, man, these are some weird questions. I don't know how else this anything to do with me getting my balls snipped. <laughs> I th- I'm sure it was being in the right, the right frame of mind and state of mind. And kind of like, I equate that to, I didn't have that weird thing. It was just, I, um, without going into any detail, I, i see a urologist once a year for something else. Um, so I had already seen the guy once before and I was there for my next year. And I said to the guy and I was just like, Oh, Hey, 
by the way, we decided that I'm going to get the vasectomy. And he was just like, okay, here's a pamphlet. Call this number when you're ready to set up the meet, uh, the appointment. I literally called the next day and they said, do you want to go to the, do you want to go into the surgical, uh, center where they put you under, or do you want to just go, um, and do it outpatient? So, and that was, that was it. There was no, here's a pamphlet called the number at the bottom and read all this stuff. And it was just a bunch of do's and don'ts. So yeah, no awkwardness. Gotcha. So now did you, so, I went outpatient. I did it in the office. Yeah. And the only reason that, is, is because I made the point that our doctor would do it either way. And everybody I knew that had it done just gave me straight hell for even considering saying I was going to do it under anesthesia. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing it at the doctor's office then. So yep, same here. That's, now, that's the way I did it as well. Now here's the question our thing had. Now I didn't get it, which was weird. And I asked him about it later. Our pack pamphlet with all the do's and don'ts said, I will get two Valiums, one to take before I leave the house of the morning of the appointment and one to take in the parking lot before I go in. And I didn't even think of it because, you know, you have so much else going through your mind. I get there and I sit down and the lady's like, did you take your Valium? And I was like, no one gave me any Valium. And she was just like, oh, well, that just means you didn't seem nervous when they made the appointment. We usually just leave it alone. If you ask for it or you seem nervous, we'll give it to you. And I was just like, well, cool. Is it too late for my Valium? And they're like, yeah, get on the table. But I do remember the day of the appointment, they asked me and my wife both like, Five or six times. Are you sure you guys are? Now, people say a vasectomy is reversible. We do not consider it reversible. We do not do a reversal. Are you sure you guys? And obviously, we signed all the paperwork. You guys are in the office there. And now in the office with you guys, like at, in the waiting room, let's say, were there just like a bunch of other dudes and their wives? Or was it? Because like urologists can see people for other things, or did you guys notice other people in your same situation? We, my my appointment was at like nine in the morning. I had to be there forty five minutes early, so I was there fifteen minutes after the office opened. And when I walked in, one other dude was there walking back to his appointment. So I no, there was nobody when I went. For for me, you know, I I also had an early morning appointment, and if you've ever gone to an early morning doctor's appointment, you look around in the waiting room, and the only people you see are just old people, and that's what I remember seeing is just a ton of like ninety year old men and women. So, all I remember. No, I did think it was funny though, and I don't know if they did the same with you. We sat down with like a nurse or something beforehand, and they went over all the paperwork, and uh, they made the comment to me and my wife a bunch, or once, or maybe they were just like. So now remember, when you leave here, you're not sterile. You have to fire it off a bunch. And they're like, you know, you have to <laughs> fire off. Like uh, they said the average is, I think she said 20 to 40 times before you're all clear. And right. then they're like, oh, and by the way, your appointment to uh, retest is in like a month and a half or no, two months. And I immediately looked over at my wife and I was like, are you sure you're okay to sign up for 20 to 40 times in two months? And she was like, oh yeah, I'll send the paperwork. I was like, yeah. I mean, obviously that didn't, that didn't happen by any means. I think it was after like day number four. She was like, can't you just take care of all this by yourself? Now you said you were sitting down and the nurse talked to you and every question every guy would ever get in that situation was, was the nurse hot? 
Like, was it a female nurse? Was she attractive? And if you're and if your significant other is going to be listening to this, I'll oh, give no. you she, permission she to would, lie. She would she would never listen. Um, <laughs> she doesn't like me that much. Um, I, I I don't remember. So I'm assuming if she was, if she was, I, no, I, <laughs> He's I, I don't remember. So I'm, ass, I'm assuming that means no, but maybe, I don't know. I was just curious. Had to ask. No, no, I agree. And I wish I would have remembered. I had, I had a couple other things going through my mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I will say the day of my surgery, I did have to take the Valium. Um, so I'm, apparently I was acting nervous so i did take the one before i left and then one in the parking lot so that was completely the same now did, did you guys have any prep instructions for the area down there so like when i because i've had to have a lot of <laughs> surgeries right so i've had shoulder surgeries and hip surgeries so on and so forth and every time i have one they're like you gotta take this cloth uh, with these special antimicrobial properties and rub it all over everything before we slice you open um but I've had to do that basically at every surgery. Did you guys have to do like any prep work? Did you have to trim the hedges? Did you, did you have to tuck it up a bit? Did you make sure you were like, uh, sat your balls in one of those like, um, sandbag heater things that you put around your neck or whatever to make it look good before surgery? What was your, yeah, what was your prep like for, for the situation? I basically had to make my balls look just like your chin does now. Yeah. <laughs> so baby smooth. I will say, um, even though I do keep things, you know, for the ladies, prim and proper down there. Ladies, um, plural. Yeah. Okay. Oh, his right hand's named Mona. <laughs> yeah. Uh, left hand, the stranger. <laughs> um, I thought that was Clarice. Sorry, continue. But we, I, 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 I'll admit I've never taken things down to the skin before. And that honest to God may be the most nervous because I just had this vision in my head of me doing it and just like snipping something and everything bleeding everywhere. And then there's a ball <laughs> sitting on the floor of the shower. So I actually did a prep run and shaved everything like two weeks before just to make sure that <laughs> I, I could, I, I knew what I was doing. And then, and it was funny because I was saying the same story to a, another buddy of mine that had it done and he goes, I didn't fucking do it. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't do it? He's like, I didn't fucking do it. They didn't say shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So he's like, I, I didn't touch anything. So, and, and they did it and it was fine. I, I don't, I don't know. I was gonna say the, the good news is if your ball were to have fallen off and fell into the shower, like you just said, you probably would have been able to get half off of your surgery. Well, no, because, um, I only had one working one to begin with. And I even asked them if I got it half off and they did not laugh and they said no. <laughs> was one of my favorite jokes though. But no, I had to pay full price. Hey, remember what happened to Hitler when he only had one ball? Make him think twice. You didn't know I, that Hitler I, only I, had I one testicle? Did not know that Hitler only had one <laughs> testicle. Now one working one or one? He just had one testicle, but the, oh, the situation. I have two. Kind of yeah, right. I, I, I have two, that, but just only one. He wants to working. clarify for the ladies. He has two ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and his mustache looks nothing like like Hitler's right now, so it's it's fine. Well, thankfully, this is this is all the facial yeah. hair I can grow now. Now, so you you guys both shaved it down down to yep. the skin when i've had my surgeries like they didn't say like yeah shave things beforehand or whatever they just did all of the shaving for me 
No. So when I went in to get my hip surgery because there's such a huge area that they need to work in for my hip. They did. They shaved me down the, the, the morning of every every time I had my surgery. I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't have to do it myself. So you had to do Ooh. yours yourself, too. Jason, were you a little worried or is that something you do normally get down to the skin? Oh, you know, mom, again, cover your ears, please. Um, but for the ladies, uh, no, I'm, I groom quite often, so I like to keep it trim. So I was, I would was groom. part of the course. Well, I just never, yeah. I would just trim. I would never go. Anyways. Yeah, I don't think I've ever do- gone down to the skin. Like, yeah, that, that seems extreme. Itchy. Now we can get past this moment. I was just, just curious what the prep work was like. So. I guess uh, I'd like to move into the, uh, the the beginning of the surgery, and it was at this point that um, the doctor that I had mentioned from my first appointment at the last minute could not be there for the surgery. So they said, "Do you want to reschedule, which could take months later to get this guy again, or we have another guy that you can uh, you can get the surgery done by, who I never met before?" I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just do it. Who cares? It's just, it's just my nuts. You know, you're there, you're, you're in the room and you're basically uh, spread eagle for lack of a better term. You know, yeah. you got everything hanging, your pants are down, gone. And in walks this guy, this doctor, and he goes, he looks down, he looks at me, does well. This is a fun way to meet you. Nice to meet <laughs> you. I'm Dr. So-and-so. And he shakes I my like hand. I like this guy. He had a lot of good humor throughout the surgery, which was really helpful because... It could be, a, it's a scary thing. Now, if I were a doctor in that situation, I would have a really hard time walking in and not going, that's a nice set of nuts. And <laughs> just like slowly just nodding my head up and down for excruciatingly long periods of time before I said or did anything else. Just. <laughs> I feel like I would have just... walked in with like a can of planters and just started eating them and saying like, hey, what's up? I remember when the doctor walked in, he made a joke. And, and for the life of me, I can't remember it because I'm literally, you know, in the stirrups, balls up, got the, or- the, the iodine or whatever. They've already like sterilized it. And they're like, and he came in and made a joke. And I just remember just, <laughs> and then just, I, I don't remember it. I was focused to get into it. Now, before we get into very much detail, I, should, we, should we pause here for a minute and collect ourselves maybe there's something that so. we want to do yeah maybe serve you guys some drinks during cocktail o'clock cocktail o'clock hit the music all right gentlemen Ooh, oh oh <laughs> Wow. If, if this was a video podcast. Oh, Seth and I dancing away. Should I put my shirt back on? Yeah, it's cold. I'm going to put it back on. Uh, I think, I think our, our guest should go first. Oh, uh, me? Our new guest host. You? Oh, me. You? Me. me. Huh? You. Actually, wait. Before we get any further, I can't go because I'm a, on a combination <laughs> of really strong steroids <laughs> And other pain meds, and I'm not allowed to drink. Otherwise, You're I may flying die. high already. So, so I can go first. And I tried to uh, be like my idol, Jason Katie, over here. And I did a little bit of research five minutes before while we were waiting for WandaVision to load up about my 
Yingling Black and Tan. So I don't know if you know this, Yingling is America's oldest brewery. And me being from Michigan, I can't get Yingling in Michigan. So when I moved down here, we drank the shit out of Yingling. Um, and then I found this black and tan, and I love a black and tan. And I found out today that a black and tan was originated in England. And they think probably in the 1690s to 1700s, because they would mix more expensive beer with cheaper beer to raise the profits of the bars kind of to avoid paying taxes on the higher, uh, higher taxed beers. And, uh, they just continue to, uh, mix the beers with the black and tans. For those who don't know, a black and tan is a pale ale on the bottom and a stout on top. And because the stout is less dense, the stout sits on top and they don't mix until you start drinking it. Uh, somebody once told me that if you know you're at a good English pub, is if you order a black and tan and when they serve it in the pint glass, they put a spoon on top of it because that also keeps it from mixing. So if you ever want to know the caliber of your Irish pub, if the spoon is on top of the black and tan. Also, the first time black and tan was ever used was in 1881 in an American magazine. Don't remember the name of the magazine. And in Ireland, it's called an half and half because a black and tan is what the troops were called in that were sent into Ireland in 1920. They were the black and tans. They don't call it a black and tan. They call it a half and half. I've never had it. Now, I love, I love me a black and so tan. So funny man. quick story. I love was it. in New York with my cousin in 2006. And right next to our hotel was an English pub. And every night when we would stumble in there drunk, all, just at the end of the night, and we got a black and tan or two. It got to the point where my sister who lives there throws in the taxi and tell the taxi driver, like, take them to this hotel. Do not let them convince you to drive their drunk asses to another bar. Make sure they get out and go in the hotel. Obviously, the taxi driver didn't care. But as soon as we got out of the taxi, we'd pretend to walk into the hotel and just go to the, Irish pu or the English pub for our black and tan for the end of the night, which was horrible. But it worked. The beer was good. It would just... Black and tan is not a good way to nightcap when you're already drunk. So, yinglings, I love. Black and tans, I love. So, I don't know. I've never had one. Now, while he is tasting this, you can go ahead and, and drink. I just have to make a comment right now that our esteemed co-host JV is himself looking quite black and tan right now. Um, and what I mean by that, he's got a black coat on and he's got a very beautiful tan face. Oh, I'm not tan. It's just I'm in my dark, dank garage, so it's covering uh, up my paleness. Yeah. No, you're, no. If you were to look at between Jason and I, who live in the you know upper Midwest, um, who are pasty white, in comparison, you're tan. Also, um, as a good black and tan does, you have yourself a nice head, nice head of uh, hair. So uh, I just wanted to say that you embody the drink wow. that you chose for the evening now tell us your uh, opinion i think it's of very it. great you can taste that it's the yingling that they use and i'm sure it's not the you know you can taste the yingling and then it's a stout i mean it's it's everything i was hoping for i'm going to give this a four that was excellent and i want the listeners to know that jv did that whole spiel without even looking at notes no, because I don't know if my video or my thing will close down because it's all on my phone and I <laughs> planned on using my computer tonight, but I didn't. Very well done. All right. So it's cocktail o'clock and we're talking about doctors and surgeries. 
So the drink I have today, Davey knows what it is because he asked me to <laughs> make it. It's an apple teeny. Apple teeny. Which was a drink famously made and well, not famously made, famously discussed in the show Scrubs, which Best is a great show, show ever. Best show ever. Um, I did not very much research on this drink because I've already researched the martini and all I'll say about the Appletini is that it only came about in the mid nineties. So it's probably the newest drink I've ever reviewed. It's a relatively new drink. Um, not surprisingly, it was created in Los Angeles. That just makes sense to me. I just, this drink is got a lot of apple in it. Now the, the recipe easy on the teeny app, easy on the teeny. The, uh, the recipe I used was the one that Zach Braff and Donald Faison recently did on their Instagram. So they made a version of the Apple Teeny that sounded actually much better than the one that you'll probably get at any old bar. So this has an ounce and a half of vodka in it, ounce and a half of apple brandy, half ounce of pep, um, uh, sour apple schnapps, and a half of an ounce... Oh, apple ju- half of an ounce of apple juice. I had to look at my bar. I completely forgot. And then uh, squeeze a little lemon juice in it. So I'm going to give this a try. I've never had this one either. <laughs> the- having the lemon juice in there is is really helpful because if you're listening to the ingredients I listed off, it's a lot of apple, a lot of sweetness. I was afraid this was going to be a super sweet drink, but it's not. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, it. I'm sorry. I said a half of an ounce of apple juice. That was wrong at the end. Two ounces of apple juice. Because okay, otherwise this now, would be a really... Now it sounds like a drinkable drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, that would that would have been a really boozy drink. Um, so, yeah. Mostly apple juice. But just the right amount of other stuff. And the way that Jason is drinking this right now definitely looks like he's going to like just lay there kind of sprawled on his couch in this basement and drink three or four more of those bad boys and have himself a night. If we don't have those when I come up to visit this summer, I'm going to be very disappointed. I've got the apple brandy just <laughs> open, so it'll be ready for you, buddy. Because when else am I going to use apple brandy? I actually have apple brandy in the house. Well, you're an alcoholic. I'm going to give this drink <laughs> four stars. This is good. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised. Try that. I can't wait. I am excited to see that this kind of run that Jason and I have usually had when I have a bad drink, Jason has a bad drink. When I have a good drink, Jason has a good drink. I'm glad to see the tradition continue, even though I could not share in the enjoyment of drinking this evening. Well, I hope it, us enjoying it is giving you enjoyment. So now should we get down into the dirty stuff? Let's do it. Yeah, in ways I can't describe. So well, we will describe it for you. Go ahead, JV. I luckily, for people like Seth, who is either up in the air or not thinking about it, or maybe one day I'll think about it, I have the, uh, the best of both worlds. Again, I'm not going to get into too many dirty nitty gritties, but obviously one of my thingies had an issue and obviously it didn't work. So there was an issue. So I had one and they luckily 
did that one first, the one that was good, the normal ball. To say that it was easy isn't like it was so easy. Like the first one that went smoothly, it was literally like shot. Hey, I'm going to poke you. Do you feel that? Yes. Hey, I'm going to poke you with my finger again. Did you feel that? No. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the other one. Like it was the, the one for me that went smoothly was the easiest thing ever. The weirdest and worst part about it was like when they, sorry to get too graphic, when they cauterize stuff, it's a weird smell. Yeah. I have in my notes in capital letters underlined three times smell. And you could feel the heat on the side of your leg too. So like, you know, there's stuff going on down there that it's not supposed to, and you smell the smell and you feel the heat, but it, I, I don't know how yours work. Cause I think as far as I know, yours both went smoothly, Jay. And, uh, but mine one was, I would say five minutes, five to 10 minutes tops for the, the simple one. I don't I'm not following what you're saying. Are you saying you got two different surgeries? Or are you talking each each ball? Okay. Yes, I'm sorry, each ball. Uh, they did the one first, which took five to ten minutes. And then they moved to the other side. And then the fun began. Okay. See, I didn't have my stopwatch out, so I don't know exactly how long each uh, took. They I'm seem guessing. to take the same. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing. Well, mine did not. I'm guessing that my first one took about five to ten minutes. So I don't know how each ball took on you. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? What was the experience like being saddled up there and then having another human being just like fondling around down there, getting ready to like poke you and prod you? And like, what was going through? Your, now, you guys were totally on board with this up until this point. Now, you guys, balls hanging out, everything's going about as good as can be expected at this point. At this point, did you have any second thoughts or anything like that? Was it just, this is really weird that, especially for you, Jason, to have never met the guy who's fiddling down there. Uh, yes, it's quite nice, quite firm, a little bit on the inside, nice and soft on the outside. Well, like I said, this guy was good because he really uh, broke the ice with humor. So one of the first things he did when he was when he, uh, you know, got in front of the spectacle, shall we say, the show. Uh, he said, he said, uh, he, he took out a piece of tape and he said, hold on a minute. I just got to tame the beast. And he basically <laughs> taped my unit up to like my, I don't know, my lower abdomen, I guess, just to get it out of the way. I was like, okay, this, this guy's pretty funny. He, he's done this many times. This is just another day at the office for him. This is a Tuesday. So, uh, <laughs> I just think based on that, I was not worried or it was just like, let's just get through it. I remember the the nurse, the assistant. I don't remember. I, I guess assistant nurse. I don't know. Um, she walked in, and you could tell like she didn't care. She couldn't have cared less about what she was asking me. But like she just she was. I was wearing. Here's a shocker to Jason. I was wearing a black band T-shirt, and uh, she just immediately started like, "Oh, do you listen to a lot of music? Do you you know? Do you go to concerts? Do you play any instruments?" She was just rattling off questions just to keep me talking in between the guy like while she was talking to me the guy would be like hey okay i'm gonna numb you oh, okay and then she would start talking to me again oh, okay hey i'm gonna poke the side with my finger let me know if you feel it to see if the numbing was going and then yep i still felt it so she would keep talking to me like she was always talking to me to keep me not to keep my mind distracted um i, I think the other thing that really um the other thing that really is stuck in my brain from that surgery is the, 
the pulling sensation. I don't know how to describe it other than to say it was like a pulling sensation. Like I'm not down. I'm not looking down at the uh, crash site, so to speak. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I can, I can, and you're numb down there, but you can feel like this pulling and you know what he was doing down there. I couldn't tell you. I mean, but uh, were you tempted to look? I was tempted, but Oh, I know I was, I didn't, but I was tempted. I, I saw some things during my wife's giving birth both <laughs> times that I can't unsee, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to draw a line there. I'm not going to look at my own. Yeah. I wanted to, but I didn't, but yeah, the feeling's weird. It was a lot more intense on Louie or the left side, um, that had some extenuating circumstances, but they, that one really hurt. Um, because there was, as I said, it's not normal, but I just remember I could, it felt like he was pulling on like my upper belly is where I felt the pulling on. It was so bad. And the funny Mm. thing was, is when they realized like, okay, this is worse than we thought. I just remember what made me finally kind of chuckle, which literally I was in so much pain at this point. (laughs) Like I felt like I, they had to stop it, but they couldn't, but what made me kind of chuckle that got me out of it was he just, he, I'm sitting there spread Eagle and he opened the door to call somebody for something and left the door wide open. And I'm room number one <laughs> and he just opened the door and steps out where I can't see him. And he's like, Hey, uh, Susan, can you bring me a blah, 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 blah. And I do know my wife later told me that she's like, Oh, as soon as I heard the door open, the doctor called for something. She's like, I knew you were causing trouble. But yeah, and then when I realized, I was like, he just left and the doors open. It kind of made me chuckle like, oh, okay. And then they figured it all out and it was all good. Now, I obviously don't have that experience, but I did recently have two teeth pulled because of an infection. The pulling sensation that you felt or whatever when it was happening reminded me when I had my two teeth pulled recently and it was, and they had to go in with the pliers. You know, and basically just twist it until it came out. Now, when they're twisting your teeth, you can hear the cracks. And when your tooth cracks, it reverberates inside your head. So, like, you feel it, too. And it just, your experience. Yeah, no, I don't. Reminded me of that. And and when you said that, when you guys were talking about, did you want to watch it? When I had my teeth being pulled i asked for a mirror so i could see what was going on in there um if i were in your situation i would for sure 100 percent want to be like yeah i want to know what's going on yeah no i was tempted i never looked put a mirror down there no no i, I was good I'm good <laughs> smell i think the smell we talked about the smell it, i don't know if it grossed me out but it was just like wow it really like opened my eyes and i was like okay just get done with what you need to do because the smell is killing me, man. That that smell should not be coming from you is what you think, you know, because like they're doing something that is creating the smell to you. <laughs> the burning. Ugh. Before before we get off the smell thing, I have to know. So when professional scouts are scouting football players, they have to give a comp to a, like a, a professional players. They're coming up through college into the, into the pros. What would your comp for that smell be like? Have you ever smelled anything like it before? Like what would you liken it to, to really I, give... I can tell you if you really want me to. Dude, I want to know what is, what is the experience? When I was in had? high what school and college, I worked for a sprinkler company 
And in the garage that we worked out of, right next to it was a crematorium. And there was times where we're like, we would be coming back and unloading from the day. We would see his SUV back up. And we knew if we weren't out of there in like 10, 15 minutes, you would start to smell the smell. And, and that's, and I, that's what I would equate it to when he would fire up that oven and yeah, I mean, it was burning flesh. Sorry. (laughs) That actually helps me. Like you, you saying that it was really bad, but being able to image that right with something that you've experienced in your past, in your past, which is something that you definitely don't want to smell coming from you. Um, (laughs) maybe that's why it creeped me out so much. Yeah. The only time I've ever experienced this is when they were, you know, burning people. Uh, so yeah, you, you definitely, I can, that helps. I, I understand. Oh, Jason, is there something that, that you have a, a comp for it? I, well, I have in here just like burning flesh that that's yeah. kind of, I mean, that's okay. along the same lines, what JV said, I can't equate it to anything really that I, that I, I haven't burned anybody alive. So I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but that was just the image that came. Mm-hmm. Not lately anyway. Cause you didn't have five, five siblings. So now I have to ask, I should have brought, I should have brought it out here after we were all done and I stumbled out to like sign everything. And my wife, I left. I remembered that at the bottom of the paperwork, it said, I got out of this whole deal. I got two Valiums, which I didn't get and a t-shirt. And I remember I checked out and I signed out and I took like two steps away from the checkout desk and I turned back and I go, wait, I'm supposed to get a t-shirt. And they just laughed and they're like, you know how many people leave without their t-shirt? We always forget. And they're like the same Sue. <laughs> Bring this man his T-shirt. So I got my my T-shirt that on the back says, I survived a vasectomy at Northern Alabama Urology or whatever it's called. Well, we'll put that up on the Instagram because uh, I think people need to see that. That's good. And I on the front, it's got a baseball bat. It's got a baseball bat and it says, I took one for the team on the front. And on the back, it says, I survived the vasectomy. I'll send a picture to you. Fantastic. Nice. My wife doesn't let me wear it out. I just wear it as a sleep shirt. But I do like to wear it like as a sleep shirt when people come to visit and it, it freaks them out. Yeah, so I guess going into the post-surgery um, stories, I remember, you know, getting getting home and going right, like laying right into bed because they tell you, it's like you aren't supposed to get out of bed for a few days unless to go to the bathroom or whatever. That's about it. Um, stay horizontal as much as you can. Ice it. I think it was like, I don't know, 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off, whatever. So I had frozen yeah. peas always on me and just that gravity was the enemy. So anytime your bits yeah. dangled, uh, it was not pleasant, shall we say? Yeah. Um, now did you, did you have the horror story where your kid hits you there right after getting it done? You always hear that joke and it's in every sitcom ever. Where it's like, Oh, I got the vasectomy and the kids ran in to give me a hug and jumped on me on the couch. And I didn't. My kids stayed far away from me for a few days, <laughs> and I, that was on purpose. I was like, no, yeah. get nowhere near me. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, it, it was, it was bad, but it, I don't think it was as bad as I was expecting. Um, of course, no matter how much Jason warned me, take an entire week off work. Take I did. an entire week off work. I had it done on a Monday, which is a holiday, so I didn't have to go to work on Monday. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, I took off and I was like, ah, Thursday's our company picnic. All I got to do is sit at my desk for 20 minutes and then go down and grab a hot dog and then just sit in this chair. Well, unfortunately, 
I worked on the third floor of the building and unfor- and we like had one elevator and I was like, I can take the stairs. Horrible idea. And then I had a emergent, like a big meeting before the company picnic. So I got to the company picnic late. So now we had to park way in the back 40 and I had to walk the whole way. And the, the coworker that drove me knew I had it done and obviously just thought it was hilarious until halfway there. I was just like, I'm not staying very long. And I literally like grabbed a burger, grabbed a pop, had to walk around until my boss saw me. And then I was just like, you need to come pick me up and take me back to my car. And they're like, well, can you walk back to my car? I was like, no, you need to come back and pick me up and take me to the car. <laughs> and I immediately went home and then didn't move again until Sunday. Yeah. So pro, pro tip for anybody who is thinking about getting it or is about to get their vasectomy. At the time that I, I was strictly wearing boxer shorts, which basically leaves your bits just dangling. Uh, I'm not talking about briefs by any means. It's the exact opposite. So going into my surgery, my wife bought me a bunch of boxer briefs so that the, the goal is you got to basically keep them up and mm-hmm. not sagging at all. Because especially when you're vertical, when you're walking, you don't want, you want them up as, as much as you yep. can. You, you want a, uh, the push-up bra equivalent well, I remember I, when I got ours, they said wear either compression shorts or a jock strap. So I bought one of each. And then after day number one, I was wearing both of them. Yeah, exactly. Now, when I've had surgery in the past, I always have like I'm attached to an ice machine. If I would have had that type of surgery, I would have got myself like an ice thong that's just running cold water through that area the whole time. Like that would that would have been my goal. Like, how can I how can I get ice? flowing through that area well i will say times. that that would have been my main goal i always wondered like why they made the joke about the peas what was with the peas and i realized so i had three bags of peas that i was just rotating so they were always ice cold and it's just kind of like they just you know the little peas just kind of wrap around everything so everything's <laughs> and it gets everywhere so and i remember they form perfectly and i remember when nuts. uh we were cooking dinner one of the nights. My wife's like, oh, open up the freezer, see what vegetables there are to my kids. And uh, they were like, oh, we have uh, broccoli, we have this, we have this, and we have some peas. And we're like, no peas. We don't, we don't have peas. You don't want those peas. <laughs> those peas are tainted. They were very tainted. It's, it's actually because people think he's describing a bag of peas, but it was like in just frozen peas in a basket that he was settling on his <laughs> junk. So it's just like the actual frozen peas that he was getting out. That's, that, was the, that was the problem. In terms of time frame of when you should get this done, if you're a sports fan like I am, you're going to be laid up for a while. So I very smartly chose to do it in the fall because that's football and World Series time. I yep. knew I was going to be laying in bed for two to three days straight. I want to make sure there was something good on TV. So please make sure you do it right. You want college football, you want pro basketball, whatever you like, make sure it's prime time for you in that department. We did it at the end of, uh, it was a week before Halloween. So, and even though Jason knew me when I hated horror movies, I am a huge horror movie fan now and would rather watch that than anything else. So we were, it was perfect. We did it the week before Halloween. So my wife and I just sat on the couch and watched horror movies um, for the couple days. And then the one day she went to work, I just sat and, you know, I didn't have to move, just watched crappy TV and horror movies. It was awesome. Now, when you said that, 
it made me think of when when looking between the three of us and I was thinking about like, yeah, who would who would live in a horror movie? And I definitely thought that um, Jason would die first. OK, and... <laughs> why? I would like to know. You're too nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason, Jason would die first. I would for sure die next. Um, and I would die trying to trick JV into dying like, into something else. Like, yeah, trying to trick JV into dying. I would somehow manage to get like decapitated or something by like some freak accident. Um, Jason saved the both of us. He's a nice like, guy. He, yeah, he was sacrificial. a good guy. He was a, he's a nice guy. He sacrificed himself for the both of us. And then you actually tripped me into my own. You're welcome. Into my death. You got away as the bad guy was like feeding on my corpse. I don't know why that story came to my head just as you were saying that, so I had to share it. I appreciate it. Makes me feel special. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. Um, You're too nice, Jason. I guess <laughs> so, just like my penis, this, this episode's going kind of long, so we got to wrap this up here. I, I want to move into, if we can, the, uh, the post, post process where you had to return to basically confirm that everything <laughs> that they were supposed to do worked. Okay. And by what I mean by that is you finish in a cup. Yeah. So was yours. So mine, I I called and they're like, oh, you can do it at home and bring it up here, but you have to be here within like 20 minutes. Well, I live in Alabama, so nothing is only 20 minutes away. So I was like, well, I can't do that. So they're like, oh, we have a bathroom you can come in and use here. So you have to walk in and check in and they're just like, Oh yeah, here's your cup for your sperm to, or your sample. And I'm just like, what the f and they're like, just walk back there and take it. The bathroom, I shit you not, was right past all the 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 other patient rooms, and they see you carrying your cup. And it's also right next to the break room from the for the nurses and the staff. And it's the only bathroom in the lab, too, also. So I remember one time, you're hearing people talk constantly. And one time, because I had to go two or three times, I don't remember. I think three times. That's my And message. one of the times, a, a, a child was trying to open the door. And I hear him say, Mommy, the door's locked. I can't get into the door. And the mom's like, oh, I think someone's in there. We'll just wait. And I'm just like, <gasps> you know, pants at my ankles, some like dirty porn on my phone. And it's like, sorry, Miss Katie. And, um, <laughs> and it's like, I got this kid screaming and the mom saying, we'll just wait outside the door. So luckily, one of the employees was like, oh, let me take you to another one. Because they knew what I was in there doing. And I didn't want some child and it's their mom sitting outside the door the whole time. So. Yeah, that was my experience. Now, you said you had to you had to come three yeah. times. So again, the people with the issue <sighs> that I had going into it usually takes longer to expel stuff. Yeah, three yeah. times. And yes. and, and uh, Damn, uh, just enough. really quick, and I won't. A, a, a friend of mine just told me when we were talking about this with another buddy is what they should give you when you go is a prescription for pain meds and a prescription for your own hooker to just get rid of all the stuff because you need to just constantly. And, uh, the, the, no matter how many times the wife's like, yeah, oh yeah, we'll take care of it. You don't take care of it. No, no, they don't. <laughs> My experience was very similar to yours, JV. I remember, um, one, one, one second. One second, Jason. I have to say this before it gets out of my head. 
Now, you said you had to walk past a break room, right? To get yeah. to the bathroom. And all of the patients saw you like holding yeah. the cup, going to the, the room. I would have had, again, just me, would have had a really hard time not taking a cup from the break room or whatever, kind of like switching it out as I was walking past and like drinking oh. it at, like, as I'm going past each room, you're, just like, and looking in. You're a sick individual, aren't you? <laughs> just, just to see their face. Okay, you can continue. I no longer want to finish my apple teeny now. Thank you. <laughs> my experience with JV was very similar to yours. I remember walking up to the counter, much like you, saying I'm here for the appointment, and them just being as loud. I mean, like, they did not have yeah. to be this loud. But they're like, here's your cup. Slam on the counter. And I'm like, okay. Hide it in the my coat. The bathroom's in the corner. Yeah. And then, oh, and by the way, they also added this caveat. Do you need any magazines? <gasps> they didn't offer me like, that. I think they just assumed I had my phone. I was going to say, yeah. I said, no, it's 2016 or whatever year it was. 2016. No, it's 2016. I'm good. All set. Well, the first time I went, I had like I had a meeting that I was on, like a work call on the way to the appointment. And so my phone was plugged into the truck and sitting up on the council. And I went in without it. And I made it halfway to the bathroom. And I'm like, I mean, shit. Do I go tell them I need to go run back to my truck? Like, powered through it without it. But I'm just, I'm just saying it was. I was like, well, they've already made this awkward. And then of course, like, I was like, where do I put the cup? Is there like a little window in there? They're like, no, just bring it back up here. Yeah, walk exactly. by everybody with your, your cup. The, the other thing too is, I would have asked for the, my little pony magazine. <laughs> Sick individual. The other thing too is, I'm in the room. I'm doing my business. And then I'm done. And I'm like thinking to myself, well, should I wait a little longer to come <laughs> out? Because insane. the girl's going to think like, wow, that was kind of <laughs> quick. Like, geez. Or usually it's like two minutes. I wait too long. Then the chick's going to be like, wow, geez, that guy needed some help. He's got problems. It's like, I don't know what the right window there was to come and give this cup to this chick that I'll never see again. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, the first lady that I went, she was at least 102 years old. <laughs> Too, so it was like, but she was fine. That got you in the mood. Yeah. I would say overall, the visectomy, the visectomy that I got, I highly recommend it. Highly. Most mostly because you got three to four days to just play video games and watch TV. I would do it again if I could. I would get it yeah. reversed just so I could get it done again and uh, have another four days <laughs> uh, to sit on my butt. You can just take the four days. But what other yeah, opportunity would my wife allow time. me to lay in bed for four days and not clean up, watch the kids, put them to bed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Well, not, I think we know why Seth gets all his surgeries now then. Ah, he figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good thing Jennifer doesn't listen to this. Uh, so so the, the real oh. question is, did we, did we convince you to get it, Seth? Oh, yeah. I'm positive that once that time comes in my life, absolutely. You know, I, I have two kids now, two boys, and every time my wife and I talk about it, we're like, yeah, you know, three. And then she's like, well, you know, what about four? And I was like, I don't know about four. And then I'm like, a month later, I'm like, well, what about four? So who knows where the future is going to go for us? If my best guess is we'll probably have three and then we'll wait for a while after that and just see if it's the time is right. Now, when did what 
age were you guys when you had the vasectomy? How old am I now? They literally just made the same Wait, I'm 37 now. <laughs> so in 2020, I was, oh yeah, 2020, I was 37. So 20, 36? I was 34. Yeah, I just got it done in 2019, I think. Okay, so that would be like three, you know, three, four years away for me. So that, yeah. that sounds about right. I don't know. With the way my body is deteriorating, I don't know if I want kids <laughs> past that, to be honest. <laughs> I think if you get like four surgeries, the fifth one's free. So you might be <laughs> almost there. Well, that's how I treated my last two hip surgeries this year. Got one in July and they're like, your, your other hips pretty fucked up. I'm like, well, let's get that done right away. Buy one, yeah. get one free, hit my deductible. Got the next one. So covered. the only other thing that stood on my mind that I always tell people is the pain. They prescribe me some super like, I don't know, nar narco, it's it's is that right is that a is that a pain yeah. pill yep. and i was like yep. okay so like they're like you want to go fill this right now and take it right away so i took that first one and then at the exact four six hours whatever i took the next one and then I, I i didn't feel right i didn't like the way it felt i didn't i didn't need it the pain wasn't that bad and i can tell you i always tell people like that night when i went to bed when i didn't take it i couldn't sleep and it wasn't from the pain. It was just from that. So after that, I, after day number one, those two super duty pain pills, I was just Tylenol or ibuprofen for me. That was, and that was it. I didn't even really need that much. It wasn't bad at all. The colors and the it, swelling looked way worse than the pain was. So Yeah, the, the oxycodone was what they gave me, and that worked like a champ. Let me tell you what. I, I bet. I just uh, didn't like it. I Nope. <laughs> and the other thing I'll just say one more thing to wrap it up is that you got to at least, and I'm not just saying this to be funny, but you got to be on couch slash bed for three days minimum. Because if you get up and start moving too early, and JV will know what I'm talking about here, if you get up and start moving around too early, um, you are going to have being for a world of hurt, and you possibly have to go back in and get more stuff done. So yeah, it, it's just not worth it, man. Yeah. No, I agree. Especially since, like, I thought I was, I was concerned when I drove home from that company picnic that day. <laughs> yeah. Keep the family yeah, tools on that's ice. that's what they told. Absolutely. That's what they said. That's all I got. Can, can I end today with a dad joke that I, I, I ran by the kids yesterday at dinner and it killed, so I would love to share it with you guys? Hit us. All right, hold on. What's invisible and smells like carrots? What? Bunny farts. <laughs> oh, that's going to go over well in my house. Yeah, yeah. I figured your kids would like that one. Now, to hear more anecdotes like that and to see all of our beautiful faces, visit us on our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we'll have all of the links to those in our description. But other than that, guys, if you're a dad... Stay off duty.